Give him a warm welcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. All right. A reading from First uh, John, chapter two, verses seven through eleven. If you have your Bibles, I ask that you turn there. If tablets or your phones. First John, chapter two, verses seven through eleven. I'll be reading from the NASB version, 1 John 2, 7 through 11. It reads as follows. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is the word of God. Let us pray before we consider it carefully. Father God, I ask you now, Lord, to penetrate the hearts and the minds of the people that are present today. Allow them to hear a word from you, Lord, your word and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. We'll just get started here. John Calvin, John Calvin, in his Institutes, says this about the church. He wrote about four or five volumes uh, that, he, that he titled the Institutes, and he said this. For those to whom God is father, the church may also be mother. God uses the church to bring us into spiritual life in the same way a mother conceives children in her womb. He continues to use the church to sustain us in the Christian life just as a mother cares for children all her days. Our weakness does not allow us to be dismissed from her school until we have been students all our lives. All our lives. Research tells us that the majority of churches in the United States have fewer than 100 members. 
And yet with that manageable size, we still struggle to take care of each other. We, we don't need Luther Vandross to tell us when a house is not a home. Uh, the, the Colliers, they play a song called A Christian Home. And it means that it's talking about your home. But now let's move that, that song to here. Can a church, can it be said that the church is a Christian home for someone? Uh, a popular saying today is church hurt. I know you've heard it. And some leave the church due to what they claim to be church hurt. But the truth be told, for the true Christ follower, church hurt is a part of the package. Church hurt is a part of the package. That They understand that if you attend a church and you're not the only member, church hurt is, is going to occur. It, it, church hurt will occur. Amen? So out of all the things that could cause an issue in the church, the last thing you would want your church to struggle with is fellowship. It's fellowship. Why? Because a lack of fellowship indicates a lack of love. It indicates a lack of love. So we've been going through John, 1 John, and I told you the Gospel of John, uh, same author, the Apostle John, had wrote the Gospel as well as these, these letters, that, we, that uh, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, amen? And, and, and in the, the Gospel, we said that he came with, with seven to eight signs telling you this is Christ. But now, in 1 John, he says, if you want assurance in your salvation, here's a series of tests. You can you read this and, and see how you stand up against the tests, right? First test, first test, test one, do you know the one? Test two is your claim to walk in the light is true. Test three, obey me. Are you obedient to Christ? And now test four, do your love for one another soar? Do you love? This is the test of love that we're talking about today. Do you love? You know Christians, true Christians, you know them when they obey the commandment, and that commandment influences their conduct. And then the conduct influences what they contribute to the church. Command, conduct, contribution. Command, conduct, contribution. Verse 7 reads again, Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have 
had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. The Apostle John starts this portion of Scripture by calling us, calling them beloved. And that's a significant title because although he is addressing those enemies of the church, he doesn't forget the fact that he needs to comfort those who are a part of the real church. So he says, beloved, beloved. He calls us beloved. And, and it's not a, a strange thing that he calls us beloved because the Apostle John is known as the Apostle of love. He didn't start that way, by the way. He started kind of prejudice. You know, there was a village that didn't do what he thought they needed to do. And he and his brother said, Jesus, can you just, can you just strike them down for us, please? Just strike, just, just get rid of them, right? So he didn't start that way, but, but as the Holy Spirit worked with him and worked along in his life, he, he, he actually became known as the Apostle of Love. And, and although John doesn't explicitly state what he is talking about in these verses, he does when you go to 2 John. So 2 John verses 5 and 6 reads like this. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. There it is right there. The new commandment, that commandment that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you walk in it. Your love for one another is the test that is being uh, 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 viewed today, if you will. Do you have true love for believers? As Elder Butler, the late Elder Butler used to say, you, you got to love me to get to heaven. That's what he used to say. You, you got to love me in order to get to heaven. You got to love one another, church. John is stating that he is not writing something new here. New as in replacing something that is worn out. No. Uh, this is a, uh, a, a requirement, if you will, a commandment is a requirement that was written down long ago. It was written down long ago for you to follow to the T. And, and this commandment was written so long ago that you can find it in Leviticus. Levi in Levi Leviticus, sorry, the 19th chapter, verse 18 it says this, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Then he says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might, love for God, love for neighbor. 
Same thing that's reflected in the Ten Commandments. The first four, love for God. The last six, love for neighbor. We're talking about not only vertical love, but horizontal love as well. From the beginning, from the beginning, love one another. So this commandment was old in the sense that it was long-standing. John's critics were, were hounding him, though, because they thought that he was trying to put a new twist to the gospel. They thought he was trying to add something else to the gospel, and John said, no, 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 it's old. It's old. It's old because it's, it was long-standing. It's, it's not new. It's, a, it's, it's back in the Old Testament, and it's from the beginning. It's from the beginning in terms of the Old Testament, but it's also from the beginning in terms of your Christian walk. From the beginning of your Christian walk, it was about love. It was about love. So I'm not throwing anything new your way. But then all of a sudden in verse 8, he says, on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So it seems as if John may be contradicting himself here, but he's not. See, he is saying that just because the commandment is old, it doesn't mean that it can't be new in the sense of being refreshed, refreshing. And, and how was it refreshed? It was refreshed by Jesus. The, the, the commands were written long ago, but, but did anyone execute them? Did anyone, was, was anyone really loving their neighbor as themselves? But when Jesus came along, he actually showed us what loving our neighbor is. He was a, an excellent example of what true love was all about. It was like refreshing to see. It's, it's, like, it's like basketball, I thought of this. It's like how I was in almost like in an argument with a younger person who was talking about LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. And I was like, you really haven't seen basketball until you've seen Jordan. And then when you see Jordan, basketball becomes refreshed. <laughs> they didn't buy it, but I, I tried to sell it. It was like Jordan, right? And it's just like that. It's like Jesus came on the scene and he was like, Jordan. Like you haven't seen basketball until you've seen Jordan play, right? So he was, he, he, he manifested, Jesus Christ manifested this love that was written about long ago. He, he was the genuine, true article. He was love personified. And he showed us what love was all about. We couldn't hit that mark, but he did, right? He did. And, and, and he did it in a way where look how every, every, every walk of life, person from every walk of life was attracted to him, right? It, one writer says this, the sinner and the, and the publican was attracted to him in Luke 15th chapter. The lowest of the low wept at his feet in Luke the 7th chapter. 
the religious leader even came and wanted to talk to him by night. In, in, in John, the third chapter, everyone, everyone, they saw how he loved and they were attracted to it. But here's the stinger. John also says in this verse that not only was it in him, but it's in you. This love is also in you. At least it ought to be. It ought to be in you. In, 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 in other words, I, you know, okay, Jesus could speak to everyone in, 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 in every fashion of life, right? Lowest of the low to the, to the religious leaders, and they all could talk to him, and he could show them love. So, so in the church, you know, I can, I can kick it with, with, with Brother Jason, but I ain't messing with Brother Tom. Skip him. You know, I, I, I can talk to, I could talk to like a sister Clara, but that, that Geraldine, nah, forget me. Now she'll talk about you if you spell something wrong, so ain't it? You see, so, so you're telling me that, you know, Jesus could show a type of love that could attract everyone, but we can't? We pick and choose who we love? We, we pick and choose who we kick it with, as the young folks say? We, we pick and choose, select who we click with? That's not love. That's not love because it says the love that was in Christ is now in us. And we ought to display that love to one another. To one another. I told you all last week about the word sincere. I told you that it was a two-part word that says without wax. Without wax. In the old days, the, 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 uh, the carvers, the, those who built statues, they, they used to make a oops and they made a little dent in it. And what they did is fill it with wax so they can sell it as if it was just fine. It was just great. No, no, no mistakes in it at all. And they would set it out there and display it. But all of a sudden, when it got in the sun, the wax melted and then folks saw the flaw. Right? But, but, but then a, a group of artists came and they said, this one is sincere. It's without wax. We, we got some waxy love in the church. You know, we, we want to wax ourselves up and try to, try to just like, oh man, this flaw here, let me, let me put some wax there, right? Oh man, that flaw here, let me put some wax there. And then we go before each other as if we're perfect without wax but the more we walk in the sun right the s-o-n all of a sudden what happens is is that the wax begins to like go right and, and it begins to melt away and then you see what you see what a person needs to work on right but that's exactly how we ought to present ourselves to one another because see we need to love each other 
with with the dents and the flaws and the oops and the bangs and everything else we need to love one another that that's when a, a, a house becomes a home you know i used to say to to karen i said man you know getting beat up at work every day it, it's so good to just come into the to the house and just like kick your feet up and just say you know it's almost like a no judgment zone and you just and you get your Kool-Aid and your Cheetos and you watch TV and you're good. But, but all of a sudden the world beats you up and then you come into the church and you just like, and then you get beat up some more. We, we need to make this, this church into a home, a Christian home for everyone and the way to do that is to understand that hey this is a no wax zone <laughs> it's a no wax zone you see me as i am and i'm in a, i'm a work in progress so are you let's love on each other and let's get there and let's get there amen let's get there and and, and here's the interesting thing church the verse also says this that the more we hold true to that real, genuine love of Christ, the more the light will shine and wrong. It's got to go. Satan and his imps, they got to leave. They got to go. Because the more we love each other, and the more that we begin to fill it, and the darkness will leave here, and then all of a sudden, this becomes a true beacon for Pontiac. And they say, man, what is going on in that church? What's going on? I mean, what is it all about? And then they come in and they see real love taking place. That's what we're called to do, church. That's what we're called to do. Church, we ought to love one another so hard that it challenges the other person to love us back. You got to love me because I'm loving on you so hard. You got to love me. Because, I mean, the, 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 the amount of love that I'm showing you right now, you, boy, it's going to make you look like a villain if you don't love me back. It's going to make you look cruel if you don't love me back. Look how much I'm loving on you. Oh my goodness. It's just gushing on you. And you're going to stand there like this. You better give me some back. Right? And let's love on one another. Love each other so hard that it challenges the other to love you back. And, and, and then that leaves no room for darkness. That, that's how the commandment becomes conduct. That's how it becomes conduct. And then in verse 9 through 11, just, it, it takes an interesting turn here because what verses 9 through 11 ask all of us, every one of us, is this. It's an important question too. Are you going to put something in the pot? What are you going to put in the, in the pot? What are you going to contribute? What are you going to contribute? 
Church, tell me if you can, where in the Bible does love do nothing? Can you find in the Bible where love does absolutely nothing? Love does nothing. John uses the word hate. He uses the word hate here. He says the one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. He uses the word hate. And, and some of us say, man, boy, why did he have to be so drastic and dramatic? Why did he, you, what, couldn't he say dislike? No, it's, it's hate. It, it's, it's hate because, see, see, haters do exist. And, and, and they exist in many ways. And so no one thinks that I'm picking on them. I just got a few authors here to, to back me up. Wordsby says this, it is easy to talk about Christian love, but much more difficult to practice it. Stott said this, to John, as we have seen, truth was not only something to be grasped with the mind, it was something to be done also. Do. And, and then another author says this, it is impossible to be in fellowship with the Father and out of fellowship with another Christian at the same time. And, and that's the one I like most. It is impossible to be in fellowship with the Father and out of fellowship with another Christian at the same time. How about Congressman John Lewis? Do something. Do something. Right? It reminds me of, of Matthew's the fifth chapter, verse 23 to 25, when, when they said, when you find yourself at the altar, and you remember that a brother has something or an ought against you. Stop your altar. Stop your altar call. Stop your offering and go get it right. It didn't say when you find yourself at the altar and you remember that a brother wronged you. No. It says when a brother has an ought against you. Stop your sacrifice and go try to get it right. Now, it didn't say, you know, for those who try to be Bible scholars and everything else, it didn't say, you know, look into this deeply because if he's accusing you wrong, you go ahead and finish your, you finish your altar call because he might be, you know, he, he's probably thinking that I wronged him, but I didn't. So I'm going to go ahead and finish this sacrifice. No, 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 no. It says, if a brother has an art against you. In other words, if it ain't right, go get it tight and then come back. So both of you may worship together. Amen? So, so, so John was saying, uh, uh, he, he presents to us words like old, new, love, hate, light. Darkness, no, no shades, 
excuse me, no shades between those. Where's the shade? Where's the room for shade? Either you are or you ain't. Right? Either you are or you're not. There's no shade. No shade. What, what are you? What are you, you going to contribute? Right? And, and look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, the one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. In other words, what verse 10 is telling us is that you can either be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. What you're going to contribute. Either you can be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. Which one will you be? It's not telling us to passively wait to be loved. It's telling us to be active, right? To be proactive and to love. A lot of folks come to church and say, they don't love me. Look how they treat me. They don't. And they just sit there and they don't love me. They don't love me. See how you just walk? She didn't even say hi. They don't love me. This not the, that's not the stance. The stance is, hey, how you do? Man, how you been? You been all right? I love you. That's the stance. That's the stance. Love on them so hard to where they got to love you back. That's the stance. Amen? See, uh, one writer gave the example of a, of a blind man, said that a, a, a man was walking, and in the distance, he just saw this light, and the light was, you know, kind of zigzagging and going kind of not in a right, you know, a predictable pattern or anything, and the closer he got, all of a sudden, he saw that it was a blind man with a flashlight. And then he's like, wait a minute, what does he need that flashlight for? And then when they talked, the blind man said, the flashlight is for you. I don't want you to stumble. I don't want you, I don't want to cause you to stumble. And that's how we ought to treat one another. Where we're looking out for each other, where we don't want to be the stumbling block for anyone. We don't want anyone to stumble, cause anyone any harm. And see, the way you do that is to love hard. See, because he's saying when you love, the one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Because you're loving, you're, you're trying to cover all bases with your love. And, and, and then all of a sudden, if, if something does occur, guess what you can say, that old worn out statement. Oh, charge it to my head and not my heart. Because you've been loving on them. You've been loving on them. 
we have to ask ourselves, what are we contributing? What are we contributing? Verse 11 says this, but the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You know, there are some folks that truly believe that they're in the zone, that they are doing what they need to do, and the truth is they're not. They're self-deceived. They're self-deceived. You got to love, folks. This is a walk, this, this walk of, 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 of being a disciple of Christ. It's a walk that was not designed to be done alone. It's not a solo walk. We, we have to walk together. We got to be together. We got to be together. You know, there is some who takes this hermit-like stance, one writer says. They, they, they take this hermit-like existence, and, and they just say, well, I'm just going to make sure that I'm just trying to do right. I'm going to make sure that I, you know, I do the things I need to do. And, and, and they don't step outside of themselves, and they just make sure that they are covering all the bases. And, and the writer says it, it, it ends up being this, 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 this pattern, this, this journey that just keeps going down, down, and down. Because all of a sudden, it, it's self-preservation. Self-preservation becomes self-love. And what's the enemy of love? Self-love. And then all of a sudden, it's isolation. God didn't design it to be that way. No, I need you. And like it or not, you need me. And, 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 and when we come to terms with the fact that we need each other, then the church is closer to being what it needs to be, what it ought to be. That's what fellowship provides. Fellowship provides an a, a, a excellent witness just, just a visible witness of what, of what love is all about. That's what Jesus said in, in John 13. They'll know that you are my disciples just by the love you have for one another. Command, conduct, contribution. Church, what kind of church do you want? Do, do you want to church that struggles with fellowship, struggles with love? I don't. I don't. I don't want a church, I wouldn't want a church, and I hope you are, wouldn't, wouldn't want a church where, where you don't know if you're loved or not. I, I wouldn't want a church where each time I go to it, I got to make sure I have a bowl of wax. And then I cover this up and cover this up and cover this up before I go in. Now, I, I want to go in there like without wax and still know that I'm loved and still know that I'm loved. There's no act I have to do. There's no, no pretense. There's nothing. I can come in here and just be see right and, and, and still be loved. 
And when they see my flaw, they pray for me rather than crucify me. Right? John, he, what he was facing here is the fact that he was, uh, he was talking against folks that were against the truth. And they tried to sell another form of truth. And in the process, what they did is they, they split the church. They said, we got it right over here. John and his crew don't. I don't want a church that's split either. I wouldn't want to go to a church that's split either, that's cliquish either. I wouldn't want to go to a church that abuse love. You have folks that are loving and loving and loving, and, and then there are those that just abuse that love. That treat it, that treat it wrong. They know that folks are trying to love them, and they, they treat it wrong. They take advantage of it. They abuse it. And then all of a sudden, when you talk up and say, hey, you're taking advantage of me. Hey, aren't you supposed to love me and not judge me? You know what I say? By their fruits. Right? So I wouldn't want a church with all that type of debate and craziness going on. Love one another, church. Follow the commandment. Allow that commandment of love to guide your conduct. And then that conduct will determine the contribution where you will not be a stumbling block, but you'll be a stepping stone. You'll be a stepping stone. Church, I hope you want to go on this journey with me. Because for me, it's about making sure that Everyone is covered. It's about making sure that everyone understands that they are loved here. And it's about being an example, not only within this church, but to this city as well, that true love is going on here. And if you want to know if you are a Christian, if you want to know that you can be assured about your salvation, Check your love. Check your love. Because if you're not loving, then you need to go back to the drawing board and make sure that you got it right with Christ. And today, what a wonderful opportunity you have to get it right with Christ today. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Here's the question, as I always state, with eternal implications. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Will you accept him or will you reject him? This, 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 this thing of fellowship, this life of love, its anchored, its foundation is Jesus. You've got to make sure that your relationship is right with Christ. What a wonderful time. But no better time than now to do just that. And after communion and dismissal, 
We'll have elders here available up front to pray with you. And those who are out on Zoom, you have our contact information. Don't let this day pass you by. Amen. Amen. Elder, God bless you.